With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm talking propane on the gas grill. Open flame, hold the pan, still in flannel. It's plaid, still never question the dad skill. I'm in the backyard. Two belt, big truck in a backpack, working on a house and I flip it like a flapjack. Phillips said with a tread hammer with a knapsack. Got a creak in the knees, even got a bad back. Never backtrack, two measure, one cut. Got a big beam, bolts and a lug nut, screws and a toolkit. Thinking of what does what, hit him with a sport when I'm beating them at putt putt. Hey, sports! Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, November 7th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets, punching in here at the Classic Factory for another week. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, great to see you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's birthday boy, J.D. Hello. Hey. Happy birthday, thank big you, guy. Thank you. How's you know, I try I try to keep it under the under wraps. Yeah. I you know, hide it on Facebook and stuff, and then <laughs> Rachel just blasts me like totally blew up my spot, so it was supposed to be a secret, but now everybody knows. Oh. Yeah, it was a 5 a.m. post, I think. It was super so early. Because I woke up 6.30, IG open. One hour ago, this was posted. Wow. <laughs> she wanted everybody to know <laughs> as soon go. as they woke up. Hey, so. drop your happy birthdays for JD <laughs> in the stream team right now, or at least a little cake emoji. Yeah. What do you want, balloons or cake? Uh, or g- the, g- yeah. give, me, give me cake. Balloons, okay. I hate balloons. Uh, you hate they're, balloons. They're bad for the environment, guys. Yeah, good point. Terrible, good point. Terrible. All right, drop your cake emojis for JD's birthday here in the stream team. Comment, like, subscribe, thrive. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Perfect timing, JD. I delivered a giant mug and hat to you today. Yeah. yeah. The classic factory. Focus. Focus. All right, never mind. Here it is. There it is. JD's got the big mug that you can get at nodunks.com, the new classic factory mug. Logo on both sides. Yes. That's beautiful. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambidextrous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We're always looking for your cues there. I'm sure we'll hit the beach at some point this week. And hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at nodunksinc. And later today, if you are joining us live here at 1 p.m. Eastern, we're going to do a good old Ask Me Anything. Ask Us Anything. An AMA, AUA with us uh, at NBA Reddit. At 1 p.m. Eastern, we will be sharing that link. I'll try and get that into the uh, to the YouTube uh, description notes or the podcast notes uh, when that link actually goes live. But come hang with us. Ask him some questions over at uh, NBA Reddit. Yeah. Should be fun. Well, let's do it. All right. Always an action-packed Monday podcast. We got winners and losers of the weekend, guys. We usually have a couple each. Tass, you get us started. Who's your big winner of the NBA weekend? Ah, let's just buy into these Cleveland Cavaliers. They have won eight basketball games in a row the longest streak in the nba second only to the milwaukee bucks who remain unbeaten and uh, i want to emulate or i i want to 
compare these Cavs to the Milwaukee Bucks okay. right now. Let's do it. Let's just buy into the Cavs because I think they're like the Bucks in a few ways. First, they can win basketball games in a few different ways, just like the Bucks. Friday versus the Pistons. No Donovan Mitchell, no Darius Garland for the Cavs, and they just crushed the Pistons inside. They used their size. They took 30 shots at the rim, shot a godly 77%, led by Jared Allen and his 23. It's not quite like Brooke Lopez stepping in for Giannis in the playoffs or Brooke Lopez on Saturday with Giannis eating popcorn, taking a <laughs> night off. But yeah, you can start to see it. They also hit 11 threes versus the Pistons. They do a lot of things. Then Sunday versus the Lakers, Mitchell and Garland come back, 33 and 24 respectively. Look, they're stacked, baby. They've got a huge, huge roster. They also have a very deep roster. Second like the Bucks. Yeah, that size and mobility of their big line can win you basketball games just on their own and it's it's hell playing against them and this mm-hmm. this you could see you can see a playoff win coming where it's an 85-80 game and the Cavs bigs just shut you down. That's that's what the Milwaukee Bucks can do as well. Uh so on Saturday, uh, Friday uh Evan Mobley had eight blocks against the Detroit Pistons. I mean that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, there was just one play where Marvin Bagley, if you remember him, uh, for the Detroit Pistons went at Evan Mobley. Like He was playing on the perimeter. Um, Bagley just tried to get into Mobley. Mobley just ate him up. He chewed him up, spit him up, blocked his shot. He could do everything. I, I think Evan Mobley is probably flying under the radar here because he's not having a, an incredible season offensively, but the guy can do everything defensively, any part of the floor. And it's kind of like the Bucks a couple of years ago when Giannis won the Defensive Player of the Year. The question was, who's the, who is the better defender? Is it Giannis or is it Brooke Lopez on that team? Who's the better big? Is it Evan Mobley or Jared Allen right, on the Cavs? Right. Either one can do it. And and third, why they're sort of like the Bucks? why they've got some bucks like tendencies they have a, stu- a superstar that likes taking big shots, and I'm comfortable calling Donovan Mitchell a superstar right now because last year nobody knew. Is this Donovan Mitchell? You know, is he is he is he taking a step back with the Utah Jazz? But I, I'm comfortable doing it. He is leading the league in minutes played at 39.4. His usage rate is high, but the not not the highest of his career because I don't think you want that with this Cavs team. I think you want other guys doing things, and it's not the highest of his career despite not playing with Darius Garland for a lot of it. So it could even be higher, and it's going to come down because Garland is back. I think he's just ready for the season. He's 26 years old. He has only won two playoff series in his career. So I think people can say, superstar, shut up, Tess. That's understandable. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I think he's ready to take another step. And again, the seamless fit here with the Cavs where they won eight straight, uh, plus you know one game there where Garland was out. It's juicy stuff here. It's juicy stuff uh, against the the Pistons and and the Lakers there on Sunday that everyone everyone's beating the Lakers unfortunately, but uh, I'm buying it. I'm buying it right now. The vibes are great with this Cavs team too. You see that clip going around after the uh, comeback win versus the Lakers in the locker room? They have the whole like junkyard chain mm-hmm. that they give out to the team or to the player on the team in a win that like you know plays gritty, scrappy, whatever, and. Uh, Bickerstaff's getting ready to find it, to give it to somebody after they came back against the Lakers, and he can't find it. He doesn't know where it is. Kevin Love has stolen it from the coaching staff, and they gave it to Coach. 
because he gave him a great halftime speech. It was a gritty halftime speech. And then they're just like, they're just celebrating like crazy, like loving it. He's like, oh, you got me. And they're all jumping around. So, yeah, they're rolling right now. You need dumb things during the regular 100%. season to keep it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the vet and Kevin Love doing it to the coach. So, yeah. And he's been playing great, too. Uh, you're buying the Cavs here, Trey? Uh, yeah, I'm buying the Cavs early season. We'll see what it's like come playoff time. But also, like the Bucks, they sat their stars <laughs> and were still able to smack down the Pistons because they've got a lot of stars, which is the big thing. Uh, if you're asking me if I'm taking Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, I'm taking Allen right now. Uh, for this season, at least, I think, you know, Mobley will get there eventually, but... I thought he was so good in the second half against the Lakers. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, all in the second half. The Lakers were living inside, uh, in, living in the lane in the first half of this game. Uh, but that that speech, I guess, really came <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah. That really came through. You D up in there! You dunk it when you get the ball! And Jared Allen did a lot of dunk, and he was the difference to me in the second half. Yeah, and they uh, stopped Anthony Davis, which we'll get to in uh, Losers of the Weekend. Mm. All right, Trey, what about you? Winner of the weekend. Quality weekend for the Boston Celtics. They beat the Bulls on Friday night, the first night of the weekend, as everybody knows, and this was a real game of basketball. Celtics led heading into the fourth quarter, stretched the lead out to about 14, but the Bulls came storming back and even had a chance to win. But Derek White made a couple of huge shots down the stretch. Two minutes left, the Bulls had cut into the lead. White puts the ball on the floor. Tough layup over two bowls. Puts the Celtics up seven. Another minute later, the Celtics are only up two at this point. Driving kick by Jalen Brown. Finds White wide open for a three-pointer. He scored seven points in this game, but five of them were massive big-time shots. 46 for DeRozan in this one. Jason Tatum went for 36. Took 20 free throws. Malcolm Brogdon had 25 off the bench. Mini meltdown for Patrick Williams there in the last minute of this game. Gave up an offensive rebound and then fouled Tatum with the Bulls down by two, 45 seconds left. Then he was stripped driving to the hoop and blocked at the rim by Tatum again on the next possession. The Bulls somehow get the ball back on a steal. Wide open three for Pity Pat. Brick job. Brick job. Down three with 22 seconds left, but shout out to my stepbrother Dan and his kids sitting in the fourth row of this game. Wow. Oh, so high five and Marcus Smart. You know, if your team's going to lose, but you can find family sitting in the crowd... It makes it okay. Yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, so that was good. Saturday night, the Celtics absolutely rolled the Knicks, scored 133 points, hit a franchise record 27 threes on only 51 attempts. That's 53%. 30 for Brown, 26 for Tatum, six Celtics in double digits. Six of them hit two or more threes. After the weekend, they're the best offense of the league. Somehow only 25th in defense right now. They're giving up a ton of points. In seven of their nine games, they've given up at least 114 But Robert Williams rejoined the team this weekend. He's ramping up for his return. No date for his return yet, but also no setbacks. So the Celtics will eventually play defense. Yeah. But they're rolling on offense right now, so why even try? Yeah, that's the scary part. That caught me by surprise, too. I was just checking. 25th defensive rating, first in offense. Just outscoring everybody. Last year, it was the exact opposite when they really uh, went on their tear to end the season, the number one defense by a mile in the league. Um, But, yeah, Celtics 6-3 and here, Tass. Good weekend. I'm sure they were uh, on your short list here for a winner of the weekend. Absolutely. Uh, Also, I guess on the short list, brother-in-law Dan. So you saw him on the television. You were able to pause and see him? Okay, stepbrother Dan. Um, <laughs> but I only saw his oldest daughter. Okay. Well, she she has bright cool. red hair, so it was easy to oh. spot in the crowd. I mean, you know, kids are way shorter than most adults. But, <laughs> but fourth row. 
I was pulling a Tass Mellis. Pause, rewind, yeah. pause, oh, rewind, wow. going frame by frame, trying to find it. Nice. Trying to distract myself <laughs> from the bulls blowing it here. <laughs> <Yeah. again. laughs> hey, there's someone I know. That's a good feeling. Yeah. That's a good feeling seeing yeah, somebody you time. know in the big crowd. Big time. You love doing it. Yeah, you I love do. it. Yeah, yeah. it. I do. It does feel great. feels like you're there. Yeah. I, I, the only person I saw on the TV that I knew t- this weekend was Drake. And uh, that's because... Trey got a photo with him in 2019. I got a photo behind him in 2019. So we sort of know him. Yeah. Close friends. Uh, yeah. He looked uh, extremely tanned. Did you see him? <laughs> I saw him on the broadcast. He's got a lot of sitting sun. right there beside uh, Devlin and Elvin Williams. Yeah, yeah, stuck the tongue out at the crowd yep. at the uh, camera that that one time. Where's he been? Somewhere I'm sunny. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in one of his many houses in uh, on an island somewhere. I'm sure. Huh. Yeah. What a life. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm guessing. Know Maybe that. he's just been it's in the tanning guess. bed. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give uh, winner of the weekend to De'Aaron Fox. Okay? We'll show you the clip in a second. But let me set the scene here. This is early Saturday night. This is King's Magic. Real Game of Thrones type game, right? Mm. Kings and Magic. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, he banked home a game-tying shot in the final minute of regulation to force overtime. Then he just ripped off three straight baskets in overtime. This was a really weird overtime period between the Kings and Magic. There were so many points scored. Usually overtimes are like six to four. And they're like, oh, it's like a weird sort of like odd five minutes. Not this one. Everybody was scoring. But seeing as this is the Kings, nothing is easy. And so late in the game, you know, they're hanging on to the lead Sacramento is Malik Monk. He gets trapped in the corner. Good trap there from the Magic. He throws like this desperation pass. It's intercepted. Dunk. Tie game. About six and a half seconds to go. They inbound the ball to Fox. You can roll the clip, JD. He dribbles it up, and then from the big star in the Magic logo, launches and just cashes it. Game over. Buzzer beater there from Star Fox. Uh, I guess it was officially listed as... Take a guess. What do you think they listed that as? Distance-wise. 40 feet. No, not that. I would, you would have guessed around there, too, but 31, right? That seems off. That seems off. Yeah. Officially listed as 31, but he drops it down, and... Uh, the Kings. They look. These are wins they need if they are going to get into this damn play-in tournament. Um, they've ha- they started this season with a bunch of losses, as we talked about here on the podcast. But they were competitive at least in most of them. Now they've won three of their last four. They split a pair of games against the Heat. They beat the Hornets in Charlotte. Got to do that. And then they take down uh, Paolo there, who was awesome in the game for the Orlando Magic there on the weekend. They're back to. Uh, for them, respectable, what, three and five, if I'm doing my math correctly here. They wiped out a 20-point deficit in this one, though. And Fox, some love to this guy. He played 40 minutes after he missed the game in Miami, uh, remember, with a bone bruise. He had that. He had 37 in this, 14 of 24 from the floor, the five boards, the three assists, the steal, the game winner. He's averaging 26, six and five on lights out shooting for him, 55% from the floor and even 37% from deep. And he's a weird three-point shooter over his career. He's like, one good year, one bad year. One good year, one bad year. This is the good year right now. And those numbers include a a game where he did go out, like, you know, nine minutes into the action there. So those averages are pretty damn good. It's nice to see him getting some attention here. That was a huge shot. And they need these wins. I mean, it's not pretty. I know it took overtime to beat Orlando. But he's balling. So, Star Fox. A winner of the weekend. What a shot. I mean, we had a couple game winners. We'll get to a controversial one with... uh, with Jeremy Grant there at the buzzer. But uh, this one, no doubt about it, it was good. And he hit it from 30, <laughs> Finally, yes. 30 to 40 feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, half court is 47 feet. Yeah. This was longer than 31 so? feet. Yeah. yeah, and I think that shot's going to be there for him if he wants to take it at the end of the game. <laughs> I think he'll be able to get the pull-up 31 to 40-footer anytime he wants it. But 
If he's hitting 37% from three, I suppose it's a decent shot, especially if the game is tied. Well, I mean, you, you're right. I mean, I, th- I guess it was Suggs, right? You're going to back off in that situation because yeah. he's so damn fast and he's been having a good game that you're worried that he's going to try and draw foul, explode to the rim. So, yeah, you're going to have that. But he said he knew as soon as it left his hand. It was like he, he stepped into it. He had like a bunch of like he ran through the reasons why it was uh, for him a, a comfortable shot. And look, he, he knocked it down. That's all that matters, Tess. I don't want to get into the minutiae of uh, how long a shot is, but you said 47 feet. That's the midway point mm-hmm. of a basketball floor. But that's the midway point of the measurements from the center line to the baseline. While a few, that's the, a fair, that's good a fair point. point. Good well, point, point. The yeah. backboard comes out, rim comes out, yeah. so maybe it's a few feet less. Maybe the 31 is accurate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how much room is there on the baseline from the front of the rim to the baseline? Oh, man, we talk <laughs> about basketball too much. Anyways. Uh, a money, a money shot. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I saw it after the fact, so uh, you know, I knew it was going in. Right, but <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to say. Hey, I knew that was going in. Wild, just a wild ending. The Magic are just playing some wild endings. <laughs> yeah, really, the Magic are fun to watch. They absolutely sure. <laughs> are a fun lot of watch. close games. And I mean, look, this would have been a brutal loss for the Kings. Let's be honest. Like the throwaway there at the end by Monk, like he's like freaking out and just chucks <laughs> it right to the middle of the floor. Easy dunk from uh, OKK, I think it was, but. uh yeah, Fox bails him out in overtime. And, like, look, they got there and got up in overtime because of him. He's he's having an incredible season. And, you know, if the Kings can just play 500, he's going to get a lot more attention and, and deservingly, uh, deservingly so, in my opinion. So nice to see him have a good game. Before we move on, I was wrong about Marvin Bagley. He is not back. I made a mistake when I said that Evan Mobley just – chewed up and spit out a guy who went at him i i watched the clip a billion times i thought is that Mar- i thought that was marvin bagley i guess it was sadiq bay anyway just wanted to say that just okay. wanted to say okay. that <laughs> gotta call myself out gotta call myself out yeah, in a fact check yeah yourself. i gotta fact check myself i didn't want to make myself a loser of the weekend which is coming up after the break but mm. i was comfortable saying it now mm. i had to call myself does monday, out. And I respect- does monday count as the weekend that's the real question <laughs> well it feels like a weekend doesn't it it does yeah uh, who do you for have me anyway for another winner well i'm doing this i don't care what people say uh i think the knicks are a winner. Uh, How? I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. I know you called me out, Skeets. You said, is is this correct? What you I thought put you in put document? it in the wrong spot. Same. I thought you meant to put it in Same. loser of the weekend. No. So tell no. me why no. the Knicks, no. who obviously got embarrassed by the Celtics, who lost Mitchell Robinson, who pulled a out a word. win against uh, Joel Embiidless and James Hardenless Sixers by two points, if I remember correctly. How are the Knicks a winner here? Embarrassed by the Celtics? I wouldn't go that wow. far. Okay. They were down five going to the third quarter. They won, lost the fourth by ten points. That's the Celtics. Anyways. This is why they're a winner of the weekend, because Tom Thibodeau is not a person you would think would ever change. But Tibbs, Tibbs making some changes. On Friday night, they go into Philadelphia, and first thing he did was he sat Evan Fournier. He just said, this guy, 11 years of experience, you'd think Tibbs would play him forever. Big contract, my starting shooting guard, but he sat him for Quentin Grimes, the second-year player who is just back from injury. He just threw him in there. He didn't do much against Philly, but it was his first real game action of the season because of a foot injury. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. It's the fit that matters. He fits so much better with R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson, the size and the defense. So that. The, okay. They're a winner just for that. Just for that. If they did just <laughs> if Tibbs just did that, they're a winner. But second, oh, he also threw Cam Reddish out there. Played a ton this weekend in both games. 
and he let him close the game against Philadelphia, which was key because Cam Reddish played great defense, and he had a couple buckets and an assist in the closing minutes. Uh, my man Cam only took four shots on the evening for 11 points. Four shots for Cam Reddish? That's not a Cam Reddish thing to do, but the closing lineup was you know, their, their big three of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and Reddish, and Obi Toppin, another youngin, which the Knicks have been our Knicks fans have been dying to see beside Julius Randle. And that's the third thing. It was a 4-5 combo of Randle and Toppin. And, yeah, center Mitchell Robinson, he got hurt. Yeah. So he was out. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's this guy again. gets hurt all the time. I think I said this in one of our preseason podcasts. Like I was like, you know, I want to get excited about the Knicks, but can Mitchell Robinson play? He's important for them. Defensively, he is. And then yeah, yeah. Cody goes but again. they played two traditional centers, him and Hartenstein. And I was surprised Tibbs didn't go to Hartenstein in, mm-hmm. in the final quarter. Instead, Randall and Toppin, who were key, because what Toppin does is opens up the floor for Julius Randall. Julius Randle is a bit of a turnover machine, and he was in the first three quarters of this game, but zero in the fourth quarter when he played 10 minutes and 36 seconds. Knicks were down 12 in the fourth. So maybe it was desperation. We just need some offense, but it, they came through. Randall had room, and he set up Toppin for a big three. He had two big threes uh, in the last few minutes, and he also found Reddish for another score, and the Knicks got the win because Tibbs is saying, all right, let's uh, change it up here a little bit, and that was a big win. Yeah, Embiid. Harden not there, but the fact that he's playing Grimes, who sat on Sunday because he's not playing back-to-backs, but still, still, Fournier came off the bench again, even though Grimes didn't play on Saturday. So that was that was key to me. He only played ten minutes. Fournier is kind of losing his spot. uh, So you think Tibbs is finally coming around on this idea of maybe you know now the play the young guys play Toppin, yeah, yeah, and 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 Reddish started as well on Saturday. Played thirty-seven minutes, only six shots. Cam Reddish, oh, uh, doing uncan Reddish rare. things. Ball it's must have not found its way to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the Robinson injury, although yeah, he is sort of key to them, I guess. He's in and out of the lineup. It may force him to go small a little bit. I think Toppin is just going to have to play. And he struggles defensively, too. Uh, to the, against the Celtics, you know, it, him getting picked off. Like, Celtics are good at just picking guys off and... Toppin doesn't know where to go at times, but he helps space the other side for Randall. And, and the Knicks are just bad defensively anyways. So Toppin out there I don't think is going to hurt all that much. I like Reddish getting burned. I think Quentin Grimes is going to be the starter going forward. It sure feels that way anyways, especially with uh, Fournier sitting. The Knicks' problem is just that they're just not that they're not that good. Their starters aren't that good, so throw the young guys out that we've been begging for for mm. years and years and years. And I don't think they're going to fall off that much if Fournier's not playing or Robinson's not playing or Hartenstein's not playing. They're a 500 club. I think the juice is better. The vibes are better when, when Grimes and Toppin are out there. So, yeah, they get beat by a Celtics team. Big deal. I think if they're changing changing modes, if Tibbs is saying, I, I, can, I can change. I can change. He's looking in the mirror. He's having a chuckle to himself, and he's thinking, yes, I'm in my 60s, but I can change. Uh, hopefully that's happening. <laughs> hopefully that's happening for the New York Knicks, and it looks like it. It well, looks like it is. did he change your opinion there, TK? No. Tass, no, 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 no. The only way I was accepting the Knicks as a winner this weekend is if it was for the guy hitting a half-court shot and winning a car. That was money. That's cool. Uh, they've <laughs> lost four of five here, and I see that their new starting lineup lost the first quarter and the third quarter in both of these games. So we'll see how long Tibbs actually sticks with it. I also see Grimes was a minus 20 in his first game here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's hurt. He's hurt. looking to the future. Yeah, he's hurt. He didn't play. He's, he's got a sore foot. He's, hasn't, he's been out. So, yeah, he's stunk. And he's stunk. <laughs> he's stunk. But, yeah, they, they love, but they're playing their young guys. That's the important part. And he didn't play Saturday. Yeah. 
Uh, and again, Fournier set, which everyone's been begging for. Yeah. That is true. Yep. Yeah, so. It only took a season. Great shot by that. Uh, I want to call him a kid. I don't know how old the guy was. <laughs> that hit the uh, half-court shot there to win the car. What kind of car did he win? I don't know, but he did the right thing. If you're ever going to take a half-court shot, and I don't know why you would ever take advice from us, uh, seeing as we went 0 for 100 at Summer League. But uh, give yourself a chance. Went off glass. You gotta, you gotta throw it or shoot it harder than you, you think you do. As so many people come up short, and he's like, "No, no, I'm at least getting this thing on the rim," and it banked in off the backboard. And I feel like a majority of the ones that do hit a half court shot, more times than not, they do go off the glass. I got nothing to back that up. Just a gut <laughs> feeling from watching a lot of these clips over the last decade or so. Every time uh, someone does it in the NBA, so great shot, fun celebration too. He went nuts. Yeah, won a Kia. No surprise. Uh, Got a Kia. Classic Kia. Got him a Kia in the John Starks jersey. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. He was, he was that's time. That. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool for him. All right, Trey, who do you got for a winner of the weekend? Who else? Luka Doncic, winner mm. of the weekend. Fun game Friday night. We had a discussion on the drop about the Raptors and the Mavericks as title contenders. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't realize they were playing against each other later that night. I was like, oh, nice. We were just talking about this all day. And pretty much everything we said came true. Luca was special, 35 points to keep his wilt streak going. It didn't matter that the Raptors double-teamed him every time he had the ball. He took 15 shots in this game, made 10 of them, had 31 through three quarters. Pretty impressive stuff, but every Mavs game is close. Yep. Because the Raptors made a run in the fourth quarter when Luca went to the bench, but Dallas was able to pull out the win with just enough defense and just enough shot-making. Luca hit a three with three... Three minutes left to go up seven. Spencer Dinwiddie hit some free throws, and the Raptors were struggling a little bit in the half court. But the big highlight from this one was the Luka furious fadeaway is what I'm calling it. Because if somebody hits that shot on you when you're playing, you probably would just quit. Like, incredible defense by Achua to keep moving his feet. Doncic is almost doing the splits when he shoots the ball. Probably 20 feet in the air. The purest of swishes. Yeah. And then finger guns, Uh man. Finger guns. Infuriating as well, but... Special stuff from Luca. The guy just scores 30 points easily. He's going to score 30 points every game unless he gets in foul trouble. He is so cold-blooded calculated. It's, like, nuts. Like, there's a great thread going around of all the defenses the Raptors threw at him. Like, Nurse was chucking everything you could think of to try and slow the guy. There's, like, a 10 or 11 different defensive schemes that they that they chucked at him, and he basically figured them all out. I mean, he had look-away passes to the corner to Tim Hardaway Jr. That shot over Precious was just next level. Like... I don't know. I don't know. You're right. You're right. You just go home. You just say, okay, we can't beat this guy. Um, And he kept the streak going. It was an entertaining game, for sure. Raptors stuck around. You know, they, they we'll get to the them losing uh, Siakam there to injury in that one. Uh, maybe it's a different result in the end if he plays for the rest of it, but hell of a win from Dallas. The spins through the double teams, uh, <laughs> that that was the ex- amazing part to me. Uh, whether it's at midcourt or by the three-point line, he just finds a way. Each and every time the handles are – the handles and the size. I, I think that's – I guess one thing that I, I, I probably underestimate with Luka Doncic is how strong he is because, you know, everyone's trying to body him. You know, the Clippers have done it in the postseason, just trying to trying to get all tough with him. But he's just so huge. And no matter how many big Raptors they throw at him. It didn't matter. That was tough. It was a, I, I applaud Nurse for trying. But, man, this he's, he's MVP Luka. He's special. couple other winners of the weekend. Some teams that we have to show some love to. You know, you slipped them in there when you were comparing them to the Cavs, but the Milwaukee Bucks are a winner of the weekend. They extended their season-opening win streak to a franchise record nine games, and they did it both ways. They won with Giannis on the road in Minnesota over the weekend, and then they won without Giannis at home 
to OKC. Friday night, it was Drew Holiday being the Pippin to Giannis's MJ. He was awesome. 29-8-6, two steals, four three-pointers made. Um, I was starting to think about it with Drew Holiday. Somebody out there in the stream team, help us out. What's the biggest gap between a player's first All-Star Game selection and their like second All-Star Game selection? Because Drew Holiday is going to have a case of making the All-Star team again here, and that would be a 10-year gap. He only made it once yep. when he was with Philly in 2012-13. Uh, we're here in 22-23 by the time we get to the All-Star team, so uh, All-Star game. So that's 10 years. What is there? Is there a bigger gap out there between a first at least and a second? Crazy. So he was awesome. And then Saturday night, uh, again, you were talking about him a little bit there, Tess. Brooke Lopez, 25 points, yeah. 10 to 16 shooting. Uh, Lopez said after the game, it was exciting to play without Giannis, who was just eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, quote, I think it's a great quote. Giannis gets a chance to rest, to refill his cup, and we get a chance to get better and see what it's like without him on the court. Get better in that way. So they're just going about their business right now. I'm so excited to go down to the Fortress tonight to uh, see, hopefully, Giannis. I believe he's playing tonight here in Atlanta versus the Hawks. Some Bucks hawks action. Can uh, the Hawks snap the streak here on a late, late Monday night start? 8-15 with all these games on tonight? We'll see. Um, but they're uh, they're just rolling. They're just like... Not much else to say about them right now, and they don't even have Middleton. It's, who's one of their best defenders on the wing, and then a twenty, you know, twenty-plus point per game score? It's crazy. Career high right now for Drew Holiday, averaging twenty a game, tying his career high in assists with eight per game, and he's not even shooting the ball that well. No. He's turned it on in the past week and a half, I would say, but he's going to be the Bucks' second All Star right now. You would think, unless Brooke Lopez keeps playing the way yeah, he has, yeah. because I mean Lopez during his Bucks tenure has been three pointers and incredible defense, but he's scoring a ton of bulk, a ton of points right now, like back in the Brooklyn Nets days. So the fact that they're able to sub Giannis out, that they still don't have Middleton and they're just rolling through the league, scary stuff. Pat Connaughton back soon too, as well. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Like they're only going to get better this year. Yeah. They started Bochamp on Saturday. Marjan yeah. Bochamp threw him in there, put Grace into the bench and Grace Nellen had a big game off the bench too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're getting everybody juiced. Uh, th- that's what they do. Uh, and uh, I mentioned earlier the conference finals against the the Atlanta Hawks there, where Giannis went out, Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday stepped up. So they've they've been there before. That's the scary part. The only thing that's going to slow them down is age, because Brooke is thirty four, but uh, he looks phenomenal. And maybe the the fact that he didn't have to put all that pounding on his legs last year because he was injured for most of it, helping those legs. He's probably feeling fresh right now. And maybe he wants Giannis to sit out. He killed the Hawks when uh, when Giannis went out a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Go kill the Hawks again tonight. I, that should be a, a great one. Though. I hope it is. Um, we'll see. I mean, if the Bucks, if, 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 because I don't think it's a guarantee, but if they win tonight in Atlanta, that's obviously 10 in a row. Does that start getting more like – national buzz more eyeballs attention on the team because it feels like for a no. team that started nine and no there's very little talk about them like no one really cares i don't think 10 wins does no what do you got to get to 15 <laughs> i mean at a certain point people got to start going whoa i think it's 20 20 yep i mean i know the warriors did it back in the day there it's, and... yeah it's not that long ago <sighs> i think it's 15 yeah 15. i think it's 15 because win number 14 would be against the cavaliers and win oh. number 15 would be in philadelphia okay, against the 76ers big teams big, teams. big, teams. Yeah. big time teams okay big I... teams that are sub 500 in the phil uh, the sixers. sixers i don't think so about the eyeballs yeah. okay uh and another win of the weekend to a team in the west that's uh basically uh the bucks version out there it's the utah jazz jesus they got the rare sweep 
in LA. They beat the Lakers 130 to 116 on Friday, and then they took care of the Clippers last night by eight. They keep winning. Maybe I and we should stop being shocked by this. Uh, but look, they rallied in this game in the third and fourth quarters versus the Clippers on Sunday. Will Hardy was talking up Lowry Markinson's defense. His defense on Paul George in the fourth, uh, at least making life difficult for PG and uh, trying to prevent him from getting the ball. And then Colin Sexton is, like, really forming into this, like, sixth-man type of guy. 22 points for him, 6 of 13 shooting. He had seven of the Jazz's, like, 14 in this, like, 14-2 run in the fourth quarter there to pull away. Jazz are top 10 offensive and defense. Nuts. They're one of the best teams in the league when it comes to, like, taking care of the offensive glass. They take a ton of three-pointers. They're third in three-pointer attempts per game, second in makes. I mean, Jesus. Like, I, you just keep waiting for this to, like, catch up to them, this hot start, this Cinderella team, and it's like, I don't know, is it? Because they're on fire. Eight and three. And going to be nine and three after tonight. They play the Lakers. <laughs> uh, they beat them on Friday, and it's hard to see how they're, they're going to lose to the Lakers tonight. Yeah, everybody waiting because – Nobody expect them to be this good, but the fact is, a few of them I think would have to fall apart for this to go bad because they they've got so many guys yeah. producing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're solid. Will Hardy, coach of the year right now. Oh God, uh, so. yeah. <laughs> running away with it for sure. <laughs> Way to go, Will. And then this is a lot of fun. A lot of people on Twitter are saying, you know, are the Jazz just gonna mess around here and make the playoffs? Well, I saw Greg at Gwis. He responds with this meme, uh, pull up Tankathon, but not for me, the guy with the fake out there pulling the gun on this. Yeah, Danny Ainge, man, that's him right there. <laughs> Danny, are we going to tank for Wemby? No. No, you look up Tankathon. Because I got you all fooled. So, great start from the Utah Jazz. Any that's thoughts amazing. On, on this team, Trey? Bucks or Jazz? <sighs> not really. No, <laughs> not really. I mean, you know, the Bucks. They win. the The biggest takeaway I had from the Bucks weekend was that Rudy Gobert took a three pointer against them. That was, that was weird, man. <laughs> mm. I feel like it was like a game between four seven footers, right? It's like the Bucks have their seven footers in Giannis and Brook Lopez, then the Wolves have their seven footers in Towns and Gobert, and it was to me it was like Gobert was trying to prove. I'm as versatile as these guys. I can Ugh. shoot threes. <laughs> he can't. He can't. It was very very short. Is that the one he airballed by yes. a mile? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Um. That was my main takeaway from okay. those games. Good job by the Jazz winning, though. I took the over because I thought they would win a you lot did. of games before they traded their guys. Yeah. But not this many. <laughs> I do think they'll fall apart, though. The Wizards started 10-3 and last year. I'm just trying to remember things that happened from last yeah, year because yeah. I'm like, the Celtics were terrible last year. They ended up good. The Bulls were good at the beginning of the season last year. They ended up terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Wizards were good. They ended up bad. It's a long season. It's a long season. Things change. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect them to win 75% of their games, but... Uh, <laughs> it's like the New uh, York City Marathon. Catch those highlights? No. This was, guy was no. crushing it, this Brazilian dude. He's out by like 90 seconds on the rest of the pack, far into the race, and everyone's like, there's no way he can keep this up. Like, he's going to get caught. Like, I'm texting with Jared. Like, when, when does he get caught? Well, what happens is... <laughs> Something happened to the old guts, bubble guts. He stops in a porta potty. He's leading the New York City Marathon. Stops pretty quick. Pit stop, comes out, still in the lead. And then at a certain point, like, you can tell he's, like, it's he's bonking. Like, it's hitting him. He, like, stops. It looks like he's going to pass out. And then he, like, he, like, tries to get himself going again. It was really wild. He, like, literally starts pumping his arms. Gets going again. You're like, whoa. And then a couple miles later, 
stops again and then collapses. Oh, and it was like, oh man, yeah. I guess he, he, he was the Bulls. <laughs> he really was. He really was. Uh oh. So, hey, it's a, um, the comparison is yeah, the NBA season it's a marathon. Don't be the Brazilian guy that had to take a dump and then basically passed out with like five or six. Do they have ago. cameras inside the bathrooms? No, no. You never know what they're doing in there. But <laughs> yeah. like, you could take a performance-enhancing drug in there. Come on. <laughs> Seems unfair to me that you're able to go and hide in the middle of a race. The biggest race there is. True, but you know, it's not like the porta potty is still moving. Like, he is stopped. He's he giving stopped. up time. He yeah. is stopped. He is stopped. Yeah. I guess you're right. You, yeah. can, you can take a gel when you're running. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, they're allowed to do that. It's free. Free to gel. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> crazy. Go check the highlights on that. Uh, it was too humid. It was very humid in New York yesterday. very yeah. humid, yeah. yeah. Hot. Blame climate change. That's what I would do. Not your bubble guts. Uh, but what would you do? What would you do as a runner if your stomach, if if you literally something is coming out of you? Yeah, I mean, in your run, I I think I I assume you would just keep going. <laughs> what? Yeah, and, and release pants. I don't yeah. know about that. Why? Look, get the look. The, the truth was, I'm not saying like. He was going – it was too hot, it was too humid, and he was going too fast. <laughs> like, this was not a surprise. Okay, yeah. the part where he stopped to, to go to the washroom and then maybe stopped and almost passed out, that was a surprise. But, like, he was always going to be caught. He was. He was just going way too fast. That happens to marathon runners. Yeah, runners. all the time. All the time. Um, but, no, I would stop to, to go to the washroom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it bad enough. No, I guess not. <laughs> well, look, number number two, I'm stopping. Num- sure, if it's uh, – I'll piss my pants, I guess, if I have to. Boy. To win it, <laughs> if I'm winning it. I wouldn't mind a little rain. I said this before. Like, I'd like a little rain, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just go. go easily. Yeah, but, yeah, right. Right? Yeah. It just makes it easier for some reason. It's like you're in the ocean at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's encouraged. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's take our first break. When uh, we, we come all, we back... We all have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's all. No, we don't. We all got bubble guts <laughs> over here. Uh, we'll take our first break. When we come back, though, losers of the NBA weekend. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. We've done winners of the NBA weekend. Let's do the losers. Tass, who you got? Top of your list. The Los Angeles. The Los Angeli. Both the Clippers and the Lakers. Mm. Let's start with the Clippers because Paul George doing his best to lead his team. They won three straight, uh, including that comeback win Friday versus the Spurs with 32. He was trying. But this team uh, just doesn't look like a championship favorite that many picked them to be. And uh, they started slow last year too, but I just wonder if this is going to catch up to them. They're a champ favorite because of a few reasons. Their depth, continuity, and star power. Well, those three things, I think they're all fails so far. Mm. Start with the star power, Kawhi. His status doesn't sound promising to me, even though they're selling it as promising. Update, uh, he came off the bench, if you don't remember. First 
two games for him to start the season. They even spaced it out. They gave him a break in between those two games. Then he went to shoot around and felt discomfort in his surgically repaired right knee. It wasn't an injury per se, so that's a bad sign to me. He's missed the last seven straight games with right knee management. They need him to come back, but there's no timetable. I don't like that because it just feels like Kawhi and no timetable go together. Now, we've been there with Kawhi before, but also he's progressing according to Ty Lue, and he feels great. But he ain't playing, so I guess he doesn't feel that great. And he's likely out tonight versus the Cavs. And it's it's not just Kawhi, because they don't have continuity that we all expected them to have, you know, besides Kawhi. No John Wall tonight, not playing back-to-backs. Maybe no Reggie Jackson, who banged knees with Nikhil Alexander-Walker on, on Sunday when they played the Jazz. And then he sat the rest of the game. Maybe no Luke Kennard, who sat out Sunday with chest discomfort. That started on Friday. And you'd think, okay, well, maybe their depth is coming through. But it, it's not. Uh, they just can't hit threes this is a driving kick team and they're only shooting 32 percent from three which is bottom five and guys like reggie jackson john wall norman powell terrence mann struggling with their shot and they lost to the jazz on sunday after that went on friday against the spurs who are the example of depth in the lineup so that's just a bad sign i think up and down now paul george again he's trying to pull him out he's, he's trying to do it i don't know what type of faith you guys have in this Los Angeles Clippers team before I get to the worst team in Los Angeles. Uh, but <laughs> I just, it's, it's hard. I know, I know maybe Kawhi comes back and it feels good, but they can't get in a big hole. And again, they're not playing all that well beside him. And it just, I, their offense, as you've talked about, Trey is just kind of meh at times. You know? What offense? Yeah. Their offense is drive and kick. Like you're saying, but when you're kicking and everybody's bricking, it's not going to work, which is why they're 30th in offense. So, yeah, they are, you know, 500 here, only a handful of minutes from Kawhi. It's very weird that them and the Lakers are, like, the exact same team right now. They're both great defensively and just cannot score offensively. I'm less worried about the Clippers because I think they'll start shooting the ball better like they did last season. They are playing defense, and, you know, you'd rather have Kawhi healthy at the end of the season than at the beginning of the season. It is disappointing to not see him out there, but it feels like right now – with the Clippers, if they lose the three-point battle, they're going to lose the game. They lost it against the Jazz, so they took the L there. But as long as they start shooting the ball eventually, I think it'll be fine. But there's not much of a system to fall back on. It's drive and kick and hope you make it. Yeah, and there's so many good Western Conference teams. They're in the playing tournament currently, and you can see them ending up there with yeah. how many good Western Conference teams there are. Plus, the Warriors are going to play better at some point or fix their rotations at some point who are way behind them right now. Yeah, just a bad sign, but maybe a good sign uh, for us, kicking and bricking. That's, that's a good that's line. Good, that was a good line. That's pretty good. Some bars yeah. there. They, they're they 5-5, five and five, but they have played one of the – has to be one of the easiest schedules in the league so far. I mean, they play the Jazz, who are 8-3, and three, and they lose to them yesterday, you said, but they're, they're this is who they played. The Lakers, the Kings, the Suns, okay, the Thunder twice, the Pelicans, two to the Rockets, and then the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, their, their wins are against the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Kings in their second game, and then they beat the Lakers on opening night. Those are, those are not good teams in this league. Mm. Uh, you know, no offense to even my Sacramento Kings. Uh, no. So, yeah, 5-5, five and five, you're like, okay, it's not bad, no Kawhi. You know, he comes back. It's a different team, of course, but uh, wait till they start playing some of these, in theory, better teams. Yeah, especially because the depth was supposed to get them through, and I, I know I listed some of the injuries there, but... They still do have a lot of the guys yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe those three-point shots go down when the stars are out there because there's space. But, yeah, they should be beating these other teams. Uh, so let's go to the Lakers there. 
uh, because uh, they lost to the Jazz and the Cavs. Understandable losses because we know the Jazz are, are great right now. Two of the best teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's the way they lost to the Cavs on Sunday was a little disappointing. They didn't go down with their best players shooting the ball. And Anthony Davis being that guy who only took two shots in the second half versus the Cavs, just they can't rely on their depth, unlike the Clippers, unlike the Jazz, unlike the Cavs. They need their best players to shoot, and that ain't going to get it done. The Cavs came back looking like a championship team, the way they can go into every team's barn and just win. Uh, But also disappointing, Anthony Davis, beyond the play, didn't talk to media after the game. Just doesn't One more time with this Los Angeles Lakers team. Come on. Come on. This is supposed to be. I, I, I had some faith in Anthony Davis saying, okay. Fell apart after the bubble, you know, bad season, losing to the Suns in the playoffs. Then we'd miss the playoffs. Some sort of bounce back. And maybe he's playing through injury, sure. But show up. Show up with the microphone, you know, at least. At the very least. Very least. Uh, also take more shots. So uh, disappointing. Uh, and uh, they're going to get the Jazz again tonight. Um, so uh, just another another loss, making it 2-8. and eight. It sure feels like. and. Ain't no trade on the horizon quite yet, so right. it's got to come within. You'd think that. And Anthony this is Davis with Westbrook now playing score. well off the bench too. Uh, but LeBron can't hit a three really to save his life. And then this AD thing where it's like he's there in the first half and he goes missing in the second half, and now there's a big debate about like, well, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. Is it Anthony Davis for not demanding the ball? Is it the someone. coaching staff, you know, and Ham not running enough plays? Even though Ham says we do, we give him the menu. That's what he said. The menu includes Anthony Davis, so order yourself an AD if you're hungry. Or is it your players, like your your floor generals in LeBron and I guess Westbrook to some extent with the second unit, but uh, I'm sure it's a little bit of column A, B, and C, I think. Though mm-hmm. I would put even more on Anthony Davis. Like, you should be, you are, you've proven to be like an elite big in this league. You're on the top 75 all-time players lift for crying out loud, and like, you you got to speak up. You got to do something Um, in the second half. He scored four points in two second halves combined this weekend. 37 in the first half. He can do it. He's still putting up good counting stats for the season. But right now it just feels like the Lakers can't get everybody to play well at the same time. Like you said, Westbrook, since going to the bench, he's getting MVP chance in (laughs) back-to-back games. But LeBron is bricking and complaining about the refs. And he just can't make a shot outside of the lane right now. I think 20 of his 22 came inside the lane. And then he was complaining about the refs yesterday. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they maybe we can throw like the training staff a little bit into the mix here with Anthony Davis. Maybe sitting at halftime for ten minutes is a problem because the guy's wincing every time he gets touched. He goes down every single game, holding his back. We know he had lower back tightness yeah. to start the season. Maybe it's tightening up at halftime. Keep him riding on a Peloton bike with the king of cadence himself, Dennis <laughs> Morton. Wow. <laughs> DM, get on a DM with AD so we can keep his back T I un T I T E. <laughs> not as not as good as bricking and kicking. Not as no, good as kicking no, and bricking. No, no, no. Hey, good. you gotta keep, right. keep firing. <laughs> Second half of the show. Yeah, I'm coming up at Davis <laughs> here, unfortunately. <laughs> but I will say, here's the thing I would be most concerned about with Anthony Davis is he doesn't look like a player who's going to carry your team when LeBron finally goes into the sunset, whatever that may be. Right, LeBron right. is seems to be out of the top five players in the league right now. Probably still a top 10 guy, but Davis I don't think is in the top 10 right now. And if you were going to say, starting next season, Anthony Davis is our number one, which is actually what they do say at the start of every season, if that was actually the case, it's not the AD that we saw in New Orleans. He's not able to put the team on his back. 
and win them games because he can score inside. Yeah. And that's it yeah. for right now. So, I don't know. Lakers Lakers are going to maybe show up in a lot of losers of the weekend here until they do something, something else. Yeah, Anthony, I, I, it's funny when people say, oh, it's, this ain't the Anthony Davis that you had in New Orleans because he was good, but he also didn't have any you know playoff success. He had that one one round uh, where they swept the Blazers. So, yeah, you can't rely on him to be the number one guy, top 75 guy to, to do it in the postseason. I liked uh, what Russ said after the game. He was asked, whose job is it to get Anthony Davis involved? He goes, right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whose job it is. Uh, it's. I think it's just a little dig. Like he still wants to be in the starting lineup. Like I think he's still he's still you know casting a little bit of blame. But he's also playing great soldier and kicking ass as a backup. So you know Russ still pissed, but he's doing his job even though he's pissed. So I, I'm I'm proud of Russ. Russ, Russ has adapted, um, but AD has not adapted. Yeah, Trey's right. They just all can't play well at the same time right now. It's 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 bad. But the city of angels, both LA teams getting loser of the weekend here from from Tess. Yep. Tough loss for the Rams yesterday, I think, as well. Did They're they? looking washed as well, yeah. Oh. People are saying it's all over for L.A. Jeez. That was the Brady comeback, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Tough. Yeah. Tough one. I wonder how Matty O's doing. Tough one. I saw right the now. Dodgers lost in the playoffs as well. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. That's what the L stands for. <laughs> what do you got, Trey, for a loser? Oh, the refs. Big time oh, losers. Oh, you sound like wow. LeBron James over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the refs are losers every weekend, but... Especially so this time around. We'll start with the Mavs-Raptors game on Friday night. Spencer Dinwiddie picked up a technical foul late in the first half in this one. After the game, he explained just what happened. Since I'm now known for my monologues, um, I would like to take the very first piece of this uh, sorry, I'm take this out, press conference and uh, say I apologize to Tony Brothers for what uh, seemed to keep him irate, which was a clap. I think he thought it was uh, disrespectful. Um, If you watch the games, and I know that's what refs are supposed to do, you see that I I clap to get the attention of my teammates, things of that nature. So it was nothing personal. Um, So as a man, I would like to say I'm sorry first and foremost. And secondarily, I would like to say not only would I like my money back, but I would like to not be called a bitch-ass motherfucker to my teammates. So if there is anybody that feels that way about me, not naming any names, they can address me personally face-to-face because no uh, swear words were used in the direction of anybody um, personally. It was like, hey, that wasn't a take foul or uh, that wasn't a fucking take foul or something like that, but it wasn't anything that was uh, personal. Um, So NBA, I would definitely like my money back and I would appreciate no fine at all in uh, this monologue. Thank you. (laughs) Questions? Unlike Anthony Davis, this clip really picks up in the second half. Once he gets to Tony Brothers, calling him out. And then I love two little moments in this that I really love are taking out his retainer to start, which is pretty funny, especially because he knew he was going in on the refs at this point, and specifically uh, Tony Brothers, but still went up because, you know, you got to keep those teeth invisible. Every minute counts out there. And then at the end where he apologizes for swearing a hundred times in the press conference, he's like, hey, I apologize. He's like, don't find me for the fine that I'm going to get, but also don't give me one for this. this. I'm just explaining what yeah, happened yeah. out there. We haven't heard any news yet from the league about this, <laughs> and to me, we probably won't. But you'll know what happened if Spencer Dinwiddie gets his tech rescinded. That will be the news, and you'll be like, oh, 
So Tony Brothers did say what Tony Brothers allegedly said. I like what uh, Dinwiddie said. I'm not even mad at the language. Everybody said things before when they're upset or feeling sensitive or hurt. That's fine. Just say it to my face. <laughs> yeah. Adam Silver should make Tony Brothers say it so to his face. So Dinwiddie was saying that Tony Brothers said this to his teammates. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So, so like, Tee him up. Yeah, and then so then he's like, to his teammates, oh, this guy. And he's he told Maxi Kleba. Yeah, okay. Kleba hated it. Weird, weird. Yeah. yeah, so weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> uh, but he killed it up there. I can see why Spencer Dinwiddie is known for his monologues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Money in the bank. Secondarily, a five-syllable word. Could have just, just said second. Yeah. <laughs> Secondarily, yeah. Uh, Great okay, okay, so that's part one of your part uh, one. ref hate here. Yeah. The other incident, also from Friday night. This is in the Suns-Blazers game. Tie game, one second remaining. Blazers run a beautiful little cross-court lob play to get Jeremy Grant. A game-winning jumper. Nice play. Nice shot. It's money. Portland Trail Blazers win. The only problem is that, as you see, when Jeremy Grant catches the ball, whoop, 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 takes quite a few steps. Uh, and the league agreed. The last two-minute report stated that Jeremy Grant gathers the ball with one hand and then takes three steps before releasing the shot attempt that should have been a travel, which means the Suns should have won. They followed it up by beating Portland pretty badly the next night, one by 20. But this is the second time in a week that the NBA has missed a travel, that refs have missed a travel on a game winner. Tyler Hero's game winner that we showed against the Kings also came back, the last two-minute report, saying that should have been a travel yeah. Maybe too much of a point of emphasis on carries. I think we should be watching what happens <laughs> on the game-winning shots yeah. rather than a carry in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, point of emphasis. Call a travel when a guy travels and it actually affects the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I will admit, even Nora saw this clip because I was looking at the highlights the next day and she's like, did he travel there? And it's like, well, yeah. Like, the tough part is, like, it's like, What's the the corralling of the ball, right? Yeah. It's like, when is the pitter-patter pitter patter of the feet sort of happening? Is it like, was he sort of doing it before the ball gets there? Or, like they said, after watching it in the replay and stuff like that, the ball was there, and then he goes, do 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 does a little mm-hmm. moonwalk and hits it. It's hard. It's it's tough. The gather. What is the gather? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's the perfect hardened move. It's the gather is, you know, it can be like three steps. If it takes you a while to gather, that's what they've perfected. But... Yeah, the the travel is should be more of a point of emphasis. Agreed. And do the, you think the defensive three seconds? Let's get rid of that. You know, like <laughs> there's there's so much worry about what's going on in the last two minutes about getting it all right. Uh, but the travel is definitely the it, yeah. It's it's been exaggerated uh, and taken advantage of by players for years now. Do you think when they go and look at these because they generally go check them to see did he get it off in time? Is the game over? Is like that a buzzer beater? Did it get off his fingertips? Do you think they should be allowed in the hero case and this grant case to like look at the play and go, well, he traveled and like call it off? Is that a slippery slope? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would rather just not know about the last two minute report. <laughs> okay. I would fair. just like to know in my mind. I'm like, yeah, Jeremy Grant traveled. Right. But the last two minute report changes nothing, right? Like, yeah, so yeah, why even course. tell people about it? I guess they're looking for some sort of transparency that they're like, hey, we know our referees got this one wrong, and here's why, and. That's it. Just to let you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Just letting you know. Can't think we of really blew it. any other reason. Yeah. Yeah. You, could, you could agree, be for you gambling. Agree with, you agree with Trey? Yeah. You agree with Trey, though? Yeah. Uh, be should. oblivious? Let's be, yeah. I think ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Because, yeah, there's so many that are, that are called incorrectly. They're humans. But you also think on a, game, on a buzzer beater, game over shot, they look at it to make sure they got it off in time. 
And if they were to travel and they didn't call that on the floor, you don't love yeah. the idea of like saying, actually, that's a travel. Sorry. I, I think so. I don't think so. It is. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then, then, then it just, it's endless. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, a lot of stuff happens real quick. Look, some of these last two minute reports are like, there'll be like five or six calls. Oh, yeah. Incorrect. And like, yeah. There was another botched travel call yeah. in this game, right? Yeah. Mikhail Bridges, they called him for a travel and it wasn't a travel. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't call Jeremy Grant for a travel when it was a travel. Just let people walk around with the ball. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Just run out there. No. No dribbling? You don't no. Care <laughs> no dribbles. Yeah. yeah. All passes, running, and dribbling. I'll say this. Best game-winning out-of-bounds play is the lob to the opposite corner. It works every time. It does. Matt Ryan said, I've never seen it work. That's what he said before <laughs> it worked for him. You're a liar, buddy. It worked for OG Ananobi. It did. That worked Kyle every Lowry. time. Yeah. Jeff Nobody Green. expects the over-the-top lob. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, it's a hell of a play. Uh, also, I think it was Eddie Johnson, Suns broadcaster on Twitter, uh, throwing out this idea to go back to Dinwiddie. I believe it came up from him. I may have this incorrect. But uh, the idea that only the captain on the floor should be able to talk to the referees and that not everybody should be able to, like, have a conversation, chirp, clap, bark at the referees. Like, it should be, like, I guess maybe they do this in rugby. It's like the captains can speak to the officials and that is it. And, like, there's no leeway for other people to do that. And there's maybe, like, a little more mutual respect when that happens. I don't know. Yeah, there's not against to it. it. I'm not against the idea. That feels like a, sort of an old-timey sports rule just in yeah. all sports, right? I feel like that happens in hockey as well. Mm. When there's a big uh, big whistle, big infraction, <laughs> this, the captain or maybe the, or maybe the A man, the assistant captain. I think it is the captain that comes over. Yeah, but also in <laughs> hockey, like, they say whatever they want to the officials. Like, those officials yeah, are just normal. Yeah, it's just normal. They just, like, yeah, they, they don't mind. It. They don't care. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. A couple other uh, losers of the weekend. Tough word for it. But uh, injuries. They suck. Had a couple big ones, though. Uh, Pascal Siakam diagnosed with a right adductor muscle strain. That's like a hip injury there. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. He sustained the injury. He slipped on the floor against the Mavericks there on Friday night in the third quarter of that loss. Just this is a bummer because this guy had been playing the best basketball of his career, hands down. Yep. He was averaging 25-9-8 in nine games this season. was going to be, you know, I know it's a while away still, but an easy lock for the All-Star team. You, you miss two or three weeks here because they're going to be reevaluated in two weeks. You know, you don't want to miss too many, too much time. It's going to hurt your chances to obviously make a squad. But, tough, like, Raptors bounce back without him to, to beat Trey's Bulls there last night, uh, and, the, and the defense was pretty elite, like, focusing on taking DeRozan out of that game as much as possible to get the ball out of his hands. But uh, this guy's just been amazing this year for the Raps. We've talked about him a couple times, so it just sucks that he's going to be – he's going to miss at least two weeks here. Could be more. Yes, and we saw last year how it took him a little bit to get going at the beginning yeah. of the season, coming True. off an injury. True. It's so much about feel and flow, and it just, yeah, we were talking about MV Pascal. That's right. At least in the conversation, at least at the table, at least looking at looking at the table, bringing a bottle of wine over, maybe having <laughs> a seat. So where does it go from here? Hopefully he's back and, and still doing those things. But Fred can fill in for a couple he's weeks. He's back, and he yeah. was amazing against the Bulls last night. Yeah, but he played 40 minutes. He did. And, I mean, it's early in the season. Scotty Barnes also played 40 minutes. The Raptors don't look any deeper this year than they did last year, and they basically played seven guys for the entire season and then ran out of steam. In the playoffs, this might actually be a little bit of a blessing in disguise to get Siakam a little chance to rest for a couple of weeks. <laughs> of course, then you're putting a huge minute load on the other guys as well. That would be what I'm more worried about is wearing your guys down once again because the Raptors yeah. got to find some 
some helpers deep in the roster who can actually sop up a few minutes here. Otherwise, they're going to be playing playoff rotations the whole season again. Yeah, some guards. They've got all the yeah. six nine yeah, wings. Exactly, yeah. they need a guard. Uh, Goran Dragic, what a jerk! You could have <laughs> been a you could have been a Raptor for two seasons here, helping out. He looks great for the Bulls, obviously helping out and looking young again. He was shushing the crowd because yeah. no, they're they're on him. It's a petty Raptors crowd, which he is great. Played the fourth quarter. I'll yeah, tell you that yeah. Caruso was a brick fest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other injury news, uh, the Suns announced this weekend Cam Johnson suffered a torn meniscus. He's set to undergo surgery. In the coming days here, there's no timetable uh, that they've provided for his return. Part of that is the doctor's probably got to get inside, look at that knee, and then give him the options of partial or total removal of the meniscus. That's like can be one to two month recovery. Or like a completely full meniscus repair. That can be a lot longer. That can be a season. Mm. Uh, if they go that route, we don't know which one he's going to go with. But he suffered the knee injury in Friday's game against the Blazers. And he, like, tweaked it coming around a pick. It was, like, a really strange play and then couldn't put any weight on it. So this is tough for the Suns. I mean, they're off to a great start. He's been a key contributor to this team over the last couple of seasons. Now he's in the starting role, averaging a career-high 13 points per game. Um, He had 29, season-best 29 against the Wolves uh, in Minnesota there or versus Minnesota. So he's been playing really well, getting the opportunity with – Crowder not wanting to be on this team and so now they lose him it sounds like James Jones I think he has like a weekly radio thing like asked about you know any possibility Jay Crowder would come back now and get his starting role back and it's like that doesn't seem like it's happening so I wonder if this forces them to get really aggressive in trying to get a replacement here for Cam Johnson Torrey Craig started on Saturday uh and you know he can do some Cam Johnson things but uh not nearly uh as capable of three-point shooter, that's for sure. Cam Johnson is, like, one of the most, like, not, like, under the radar in sense of, like, three-point shooters in the game. Like, he's just, like, shoots at, like, a 43% clip. He takes, like, five or six a game. He just, like, never really talked about it as a three-point shooter, in my opinion. But he's no. been great for them. So this sucks for the Suns. Tough loss. Yeah, he is probably, the you know, the fifth starter that you talk about on that team yeah. beyond Paul Booker, Bridges, and, and Aiton. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he definitely flies under the radar, but he's perfect. It's it's nice, too, I think, after a season like they had with the Suns to be able to insert a new guy into the starting lineup who is really, really good at his job. He's shooting four, 44% from three. There it is. Uh, and, yeah, not not – not great news for the Suns, but the vibes are so good, I don't think you could even ask Jake Crowder to come back. It just <laughs> doesn't really make a lot of no, sense. No. Uh, but hopefully he's back because they can fill in for him, but he's young, energetic. He's so good. He's just a really good player on that team. He fits in so well. Zona Hoops was suggesting a replacement name. Carmelo Anthony! You want the three-pointers. Potential Band-Aid. Right there, yeah. I mean, defensively, not even close, obviously, what Cam can do. But, yeah. yeah, shooting the ball. Friends with Chris Paul. Yeah, good point. Good point. We'll see. Will they pursue Melo? Does Melo even want to play still in the NBA? I guess so. He hasn't said anything about it. I feel it, like right? he's probably waiting until the second half of the yeah. season. He's the new Roger Clemens. <laughs> Sign me for the second half in the playoffs. That's all you need. That's true. It's true. So we'll see uh, what the Suns do here again. Craig's in there right now. Will they make a move and trying to trade Crowder? Because it doesn't sound like he's going to be returning. And we don't even know how long Cam Johnson's going to be out here. You're hoping that it's not his season. Like, uh, you know, is it that one to two month uh, recovery? We'll see. Uh, final loser of the weekend. We'll give it to Daniel Gafford's ankles or pride or maybe the wizards mop boy i don't know but uh kevin durant got him on the double crossover on the weekend you've seen the clip by now i'm sure he slipped no doubt katie got him though and he just like did the splits and then i'll gafford just stays down and takes a nap 
uh, as his as he touches wood here, the rim, man. touches oh, earth. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, eagle on the call. You got the double gasp from the crowd. <laughs> this is in Washington, remember? That's Gafford. He plays for the Wizards. Uh, but you get the gasp when he falls, and then the gasp when he sort of hits the bucket. Hell of a play from KD. But yeah, there's the one of the photos going viral where he's just straight, straight sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so funny. Oh, I uh, this is up there to me with uh, Antonio Daniels, Allen Iverson, and James Harden, Wesley Johnson for, like, best aftermath of a crossover. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, Wesley Johnson, it was Harden licking his lips. Antonio Daniels fell down twice. But Daniel Gafford did the splits and went ear to the yeah. ground yeah. to watch yeah. Kevin Durant yeah. make a shot. That was wild. <laughs> no. He was under him as he rose <laughs> to hit the shot. That's pretty rare. I, that that photo, not not good. Uh, and your name is Gaff. Yeah. No, no. Hey, produce some uh, great social media yeah, stuff, oh yeah. though. Oh, yeah. oh. In- including from our man Jerome throwing the, uh, the old short up there. Little Ed Sheeran. Little, little Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Sheeran short. <laughs> Just cutting that together, shearing it together on a Friday night. <laughs> Poor Gafford. Hey, look, he slipped, he slipped, he slipped, but uh, it doesn't matter. That's the problem with these clips. It doesn't really matter. People are going, who cares? That's awesome looking. Oh, I my sl- God, he's sleeping. His uh, like his college, I think he went to Arkansas, reposted this, was like, come on, Daniel. He's like, hey, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy. Wow. That's rude too, too, that's too much it's too much that's almost impressive that he did the splits he's a seven footer <laughs> yeah that's yeah, pretty good a lot man. of yoga yeah, yeah 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 very flexible you're right you should be proud razorbacks <laughs> could have been a gymnast <laughs> slash basketball player all right those are our uh, winners and losers from the nba weekend who did we miss let us know as you are in the stream team or if you're listening and watching later let us know in the comments or tweet them in at No Dunk Sink. Let's take our final break, and when we come back, we got pick'em results and tweet of the night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Marshmallow gun. Yeah. Back, back to that. So that's a, like a s'mores gun? Is that like a no, lightning well, well, marshmallow? It's a s'mores gun if I fire the marshmallow gun at your face and you already have a... <laughs> Uh, what's the a graham, graham cracker in your mouth? Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate. Lodges yeah. perfectly in there. Yeah, if you have a graham this, cracker in your mouth with yeah. chocolate on the other side, and I fire the marshmallow gun at you, yeah. Oh, that's what it's I figured it was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's just like it shoots just, marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. I brought this up. Is a this long breath time. powered? Like, no, no, no. This is I don't know what this is. Machine operated. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think. I, I think. I've only, the only marshmallow uh, gun I'm familiar with shoots like the bite-sized marshmallows. Oh no, no, these were fatties. Foley's? Yeah. Nice. They're making marshmallows too big these days. I don't know if you guys have seen this. They're making them uh, graham cracker sized. That's too much That's marshmallow. Way too big. Yeah, especially if you're roasting them, it gets very crispy on the outside. But there's such a dense mala oh, on the inside. It's no. hard to get it chewy, man. Mm-hmm. And it's also, even here. if you're making your s'more, it's like using glue on something. You think you got to put glue everywhere, but then when you put the two things together, especially like crazy glue or something, it's gonna spill out the sides. Exactly right. Same thing with my marshmallow to my s'more or to my graham cracker, right? Like, I don't want it the size of it because then it's gonna go everywhere. A little smaller in the middle. Squish it and it's gonna spread Squeeze out. It. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, right. <laughs> There's just some marshmallow thoughts for you. Yeah. Uh, pick 'em results from Friday night. It was that Nets Washington Wizards game, uh, where the Wizards were favored by two and a half at home, but they got gaffed by KD. Uh, and I took the Nets. I swerved a little bit on this one. I said KD was gonna go for 50 instead. Of, instead, he went for what 29 and gave us one of the highlights of the season. All right. Close enough. Uh, so I got the win. I'm two and two. You guys had the Wizards. Tass, you're two and two, and Trace one and three. Tonight's game. Oh, there are a few to pick from. Uh, yes, fifteen. All thirty teams <laughs> are playing tonight in the association because they're not playing tomorrow for election day, and it's the old fifteen-minute interval start time. <laughs> the old new fifteen-minute interval start time because we've never seen it before in the NBA. We're starting seven Eastern, seven fifteen. 7.30, all the way up to 10.30 Eastern. Wow, so get wow. ready. Get ready for 15 endings to these <laughs> basketball games. It's an interesting little experiment. Uh, I went with a, a classic for us. The yeah. Raps are playing the Bulls again, back-to-back, but they're going to Chicago for this one. And Chicago is the four-and-a-half-point dog in this one. Oh, boy. So they can lose by four. That's a big line for the Raps on the road, don't you think? Yeah, that's that's why I'm taking the Bulls to cover. Yeah, that's why I'm taking the Raps. What? <laughs> uh, just because I'm taking the Raps blindly, that's what I'm doing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Well, is Zach Levine playing in this one? My guess is yes. Yeah, I thought so too. That Second was a night part of a back-to-back, yeah. Because... If you, I mean, I watched that game, obviously, being the Raps, and uh, it was Nurse just like, we are just throwing two giants at DeMar DeRozan, and he's going to have to pass it, and they're going to play four on three behind us, and we'll see if we can, you know, scramble and get back. Coloco was a monster last night, six blocks. So, so good. He was really good. But if Zach Levine is playing, that is a different, uh, you know, uh, offense, obviously, when DeRozan, if he's even forced at that point to get rid of the ball, I wonder what Nurse would do in that situation. So I just, like... I think this could be a close, close game here. So, you know, I'm hoping for Raptors win. <clears throat> on but, Monday? On a Monday? Oh, yeah, that's the other part. This is a Bulls win here. Yeah. This is a Bulls the win money for line? sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, I would guarantee this one. 23 <laughs> offensive rebounds for the Raptors yesterday. That was embarrassing. It's not like the Bulls had the biggest guy on the court or anything. Yeah. 
That was yeah. that there was, was a lot of that like, was ridiculous. I mean, man. it was a close game too. There was a lot of offense rebounds late in that game. Yes, they took yes, over. yes. The Bulls. I think the Raptors got 100% of the 50-50 balls. Crunch the numbers. I think it changes tonight with those uh, weekday Bulls. That's right, man. That That's are undefeated right. still. All right. Well, I got, I'm with you at least in terms of covering. Uh, and Tass has the Raptors to win by five points or more. That's a lot. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Well, this tweet of the night comes from Bleach Report because they captured uh, an Al Horford moment. And whenever Al Horford's having fun on the basketball floor, I love it. Uh, he trolled DeMar DeRozan on Friday, uh, DeMar complaining. And Horford <laughs> hit him with the uh, the tiny violin. Player Horford usually gets somebody when uh, they turn their back. He, lo- he loves playing the, oh, there's the tiniest violin in the world for you, DeMar. Uh, DeMar, yeah, thinking uh, I wasn't stripped. That should have been a call, but when Al Horford makes a funny, you know, he loves he loves the uh, oh I'm getting hit by a brick free throw yep. or an air ball duck gonna get hit right in the headford, but uh, Allie, just a quickie, just a quick violina. It's like that was a tiny violin, man. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, like, at least Full size. well, medium size. I think. <laughs> yeah, like a teenager's violin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. It a wasn't big... the tiniest. Actually, maybe well, that's okay, straight up violin. Big, now that like, I take yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to paint the picture <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for everyone out there what he was yeah. trying to pull off. It wasn't a viola. Sad strings. Sad strings. Yeah, it's a big stroke that he's using there. Uh, so, do you think Al Horford can play the violin? I'm guessing not. Yeah, absolutely I'm guess, not. Well, I'm guessing no. not, but I will say <laughs> if you were to quiz his, me on like, hey, which NBA form? player in the NBA can play the violin, he would be on my short cool. list of a, a very short of list. a guy that can maybe just play yeah. it. Just learned it. But JD didn't didn't buy the form. Didn't. No, the neck of the violin. He's holding it like this. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, like fiddling and doing this. Like, he was no. like he was like doing it on his wrists essentially. Which yeah, that's, that's, not, how that's how not would a you, violin. JD, for, go back to your camera. Show us how to play the the fake violin. Yeah, like Air violin. Your neck, and then you gotta you, you gotta do this because the this is the uh, fingerboard here, yeah, the yeah, fretboard, yeah. if you will. And then nice big long strokes <laughs> like this. Unless you're a country guy, and then you you hold it sort of under your arm and right. then yeah. ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, but uh, yeah, he was going classical. But this is not. Right. This is not an instrument. This is like whacking off two dudes. There we go. That's what I was hoping to get. <laughs> Clip it, Jerome. JD wax off on his birthday. I would hashtag shorts, hashtag NBA shorts, hashtag jerking off that one. And, uh, put that on YouTube. <laughs> so one day I don't whack off. You know why I said he wouldn't be a guy who played the violin? Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because uh, Jared... (laughs) Because Jared... Give me a piece of my mind on this one. uh, Because there was a great uh, write-up on Al Horford towards the end of last season. I've Mm -hmm. mentioned it a couple times. It was about Al Horford and his family and and excited to be back in Boston. Right. And, you know, the playoff run. And there was a lot of talk about him drinking chocolate milk and how he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't drink alcohol. Yeah. It was there were so many words on chocolate milk by Jared Weiss of the Athletic. You would think if a guy did something like play the violin, like like he doesn't drink. He goes. He, oh, oh, he you're cheers. saying? Okay, I'm yeah. saying it would have been included in the profile. Sure, sure, I agree. Sure. I agree. This Jared guy, Weiss this was so, so detailed locked there. in. He doesn't drink. He just goes home and drinks his chocolate milk and plays his violin. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
that would have been the story. Yeah, okay. But there was no mention yeah, of a right. violin. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if there was mention of his Okay, well his then let me ask hijinks. the question. Who in the NBA do you think most likely can play the violin? All right. I actually think it's no one. Uh, I'm with Tess. I think you don't if, think anybody in the NBA nope. can play the violin? I think no. if somebody could play the violin, we would know. Yeah. We wow. knew Vince Carter could play the saxophone. Yeah. yeah. And that was like grade that eight grade nine. Yeah. He didn't even play it that much. Okay, we got to find like, out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not buying that. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, he was in the in, band. What are you yeah, talking about? Like he middle played school. It. Like middle yeah, school. I thought he was like a drum major or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Grant Hill could play the piano, right? Yeah, but that's real. That's real for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. He does like music. Uh, <laughs> a, viol- a violin is like the it's the smallest stringed instrument, really. I mean, he's got giant. These hands. guys are so yeah, big. Yeah, like, big. Yeah, that's a great point. If you're in a band class, they're like, "Hey, you tall guy, you're on bass." You're going to stand next to that bass. And even that's going to be small. Yeah, that's going to look like a violin to these guys. Totally. These guys are carrying around a a bass. uh, What do you call it? Just a bass? It's just a bass. Double bass sometimes it's called. But Embiid would be playing that thing like a violin. (laughs) I would love to see that. (laughs) Playing a bass like a violin. Wait, isn't there the uh, iconic photo of uh, Pau Gasol and Tim Duncan? One of them's playing the saxophone. Oh, no, somebody's (laughs) playing the, the double bass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, find out who in the NBA can play the violin, if anybody. Great point about giant fingers. Yeah, that's that's a tough instrument for these guys. Maybe like uh, I don't know who's the, like who's the smallest guy in the league right now. Like Ish, Ish Smith? Smith, can he play? <laughs> can he play? The, can Ish Smith play the violin? Somebody please let Google us know. Google search that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's call it there. Please. Getting zany here in the Classic Factory. Ah, uh, reminder: if you're joining us live uh, here. For this show, join us live over at NBA Reddit at 1 p.m. Eastern today. Yeah, on Monday. And uh, I guess you can go back if you don't catch it live and read all our responses if you want. Absolutely. We'll do that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A little AMA NBA Reddit with the three of us at 1 p.m. Eastern. I think the link's going up at 12, so very soon. So you can start getting your questions in. You can bank your cues for us. And we can fire away. Honestly, which NBA player most likely can play the violin? Sounds like a great off-season Reddit topic. Jesus. 237 comments, I would imagine. <laughs> that is a good point. We gotta get to the bottom of this. We're, yeah, we're gonna be asking the questions in this <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, we'll call it there, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Hit the like button if you're a podcast listener. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Till the AMA or tomorrow, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the first post on that thread about which NBA player plays the violin is going to be a photo of LeBron James because apparently LeBron James held a violin once. <laughs> I don't know if he was, if he's actually playing it. looked like he just picked it up, and it was his Google Plus profile picture for five years at least. <laughs> what? Uh, him playing a violin. There's a, there's a commercial where he plays a tiny violin too. That's definitely a thing I tweeted out a long time ago. I'm looking at a post on violinist.com from 2016. LeBron is holding a violin. Wow. Doesn't look doesn't look photoshopped. Alright. He's held it. He's held <laughs> one. He's held a violin. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's actually playing it. Looks like he's just like, having fun. Like he just picked it up. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> Embrace the day, people.